Crampton in Brisbane in Queensland, Australia. It's my Australian. We're at Temple's Two Pub in Australia. Australia, the corner of Montrose. And Located at a north side bar, but reporting on your favorite south side team, the Sons of Honarchy. On today's podcast, a look into the returning members of the White Sox starting rotation, also a deep look into the case for Ricky Renteria, and a very special session put together by our newest member of our team, an audio production extraordinaire, Sam Bruns. All coming up next on the Sons of Honarchy podcast. Pacifico to tell me how work was today. How was it today? You know, uh, I needed a big gulp of Pacifico after work. Let me just put it that way. Put a <laughs> That was amazing. I wish everybody at home was watching this. We just had Sam Brunzio and Steve Smirt take a swig of the finest Australian ale Coopers at the same exact time. That made my day 100 times better. Coopers, no additives, no preservatives, Australian made, Australian owned. Coopers Brewery, the Australian OG. <laughs> so, for those of you who don't know, uh, we do have some ambient noise in the background. We're at our, our favorite pub, Temple's Toe, on uh, Troy and Montrose. Y'all should check it out. 3145, uh, West Montrose. So, Tom, to walk us through the the nonsense that that kind of just went down here in the last couple hours nonsense that just went down goes as follows i leave work forget my mic <laughs> get into a, a a car with lovely nestor who's driving me to temple still he takes two wrong turns trying to get back onto the main street just trying to get me here on time oh by the way scheduled to be uh here picking up the podcast around 4 30. i get here you know solid 4 55 so we're rolling in rolling in without a mic 30 minutes late but it's okay i had a plastic knife to cut my pizza so we're all good you did not forget the lou Naughty's pizza uh courtesy of mark Melnati. Um, so once again, Mark Melnati, you got another shout out in this episode. You should feel real proud of yourself, man. Uh, we're going to need a sponsorship real soon. So yeah, Mike, uh, Mark. Oh my gosh, my boss. I'm so sorry. <laughs> if you could, uh, if you could get my mic, it's, uh, it's at Harwood Heights location right now. Uh, yeah, you'll be too late to hear this, but if you do, <laughs> you can get that mic for me, right? All right. So as we're down in Cooper's. Uh, even though Tommy's on the Pacifico train today, uh, we'll get him on, on Cooper's one of these days, but uh, nonetheless. Yes, indeed. All right, so are we going to talk Sox baseball or are we just going to... Okay, so as we said before, we're recording this episode from 3145 West Montrose at Templestowe Pub, uh, one of my great, actually one of my great, basically my only great undergraduate watering hole from when we attended North Park University. 
North Park till I die, baby. Yeah, thirty-one forty-five West Montrose, Temple's Toe Pub, best Australian pub in the city. Might be the only Australian pub in the city. Only one I know about. Anyway, on that note, so Tom likes to brush over uh, pitching all the time in this in this day and age of offensive baseball. And as somebody who who used to pitch in Little League, as somebody who who wasn't a fireballer. I like to I like to compliment myself as like the right-handed Mark Burley out there. Uh, definitely wheeling and dealing. Uh, one thing that we didn't get to talk about is starting pitching. Never bunt. I hit dingers. Dingers. So uh, on that note, Tom, how are you feeling about? I know we talked a little bit about the lineup. I'll be real. <clears throat> I'm pretty fired up. I think that this starting lineup is gonna have a good look. We got Lopez coming off a. Fiery season, you know, he's healthy. We got Rodon with his first healthy off season. We got Giolito, who was, you know, sketchy at best at times, but, you know, showed promise in other starts. So we're looking for him to improve. Sorry, you had a beer burp just there. But what, and Ivan Nova coming in, slotting him in as a solid three you know he's not gonna wow you every start but he's gonna get you in to the fifth inning sixth inning looking promising all right so that's i'm looking forward to having a decent starting rotation with a lot of quality starts not i'm not saying they're out there gonna get no hitters i'm not saying they're out there gonna get perfect games. I'm just saying they're going to get some quality starts for us, keep runs off the board, keep us in the game, and move it on over to our bullpen, which is looking even better and better. I'm going to stop you right there in your tracks about our starting rotation and about how they were abysmal last year. Abysmal. Outside of August and September, and I'm as I say September too, I'm not counting the last nine games of the year where they got absolutely routed. Um, I definitely want to take this episode and do break down the three starters that are the three starters that were consistent starters quote unquote consistent starters last year we are going to be diving specifically into Gio we got Lucas Giolito we've got Carlos Rodon and Ronaldo Lopez that we're going to break down with all that being said I'm going to introduce what I'm going to play with you here with each pitcher right after I give a little bit of rundown Tom you and I are going to play a little game of over under right so I'm going to make a statement, and you're going to say over on the statement, the number that I'm giving, or you're going to say under on the statement. I want you to give me a reason why. Next one, over under. Giolito's going to be the number five starter at the start of the 2020 season. Wow. Are you talking Manny Benuelos making some waves? Is that what you're saying? Um, over under. Nah, I got to go. Wait, would it be over if he's higher than five? Over if he's, if he's better than five. Under if he's not going to be a part of the rotation. Oh, man, you set the bar low. Dang, yeah, he's over. He's definitely going to be, uh, right now we're, we're looking at, okay, as it stands, right? As it stands, we got, you can slot in Rodon as number one. You can slot in Lope, Lopez as number two. You can, whoa, that was a big burp. Okay, you can slot in uh, Ivan Nova is number three. You know, two and three can flip flop. Uh, Next year, 2020. I didn't listen to the question, guys. Okay, so is he part of the road? Uh, still gonna go over. Still gonna go over. But you know, you're dropping. Uh, the thing about that is, you're dropping Ivan Nova off that list. You're adding Dylan Cease. You're adding Kopek, right? But you're dropping Ivan Nova off that list. So you're looking at 
Rodan, Lopez, Kopech, Cease, and Giolito. But, you know, being that he has more big leagues big league experience coming into he you're saying at the start of the season at the start of the season he's going to have two years under his belt he's going to be three or four at that time you're going to have cease at the back end Kopik at the back end as well because he's going to be coming back after the after time john he's not going to be ready to jump as the ace yeah i think five is my prediction this year that's why i put or uh, for 2020 not this year i think number five starter is my prediction because I think Cease is going to light it up like crazy. I think some people are worried about his command issues, but I think he's going to settle those in AAA this year, and they're going to have him up by July, and he's going to start proving people like Kopech was. And with that being said, I think uh, he'll make him his way into the four spot, and Giolito's not going to prove himself enough to not be a five. So five spot it is for Giolito. That's my take. Yeah, well, I don't know. I think you're just too low on this guy. The thing is, we've got, like, such an immense amount of talent that, like, if you look at it, Giolito was like the top pros- pitching prospect that the Nats had to offer us. You know what I mean? And like when you take it back and look at it from a perspective standpoint, like we've got the top crop of all these other organizations that they're throwing to us. You know, we've got all this talent that we've accumulated. So Giolito doesn't look like an all star, but he's going to get the same amount of reps that he would get in another organization. And in another organization, he would be like, oh, yeah, this guy's going to be great. But we're looking at him being like, what could you do for us? Like, what else do you got to offer as a young guy? Is the organization full of young guys that are ready to play? Excellent. Thank you, Tom. I'm going to move on. I'm going to leave it at that. And I'm going to move on to our 26-year-old left-hander from North Carolina State, uh, Carlos Rodon. Okay. So next one for over-under, Rodon finishes with a 410 ERA this year. Now, keep this in mind. An ERA, so here we I know you're excited to, to pop on in on this. Keep this in mind. A quality start, ERA, six innings, three earned, is a 450 ERA. Here you go, Tom. Way, way under that ERA. Way under. We're going at, we're, we're looking at like a 3-5 ERA. 3-5 ERA at the high side. Let's go. I'm all on his bandwagon. Come on. he's Like I said a million times, first healthy offseason, the man's not just hunting anymore. You know, he's not just throwing on his camo boots and getting out in the backwoods. You know, he's actually throwing pitches in the offseason. Uh, so that's huge for him. He's going to come out and actually going to throw pitches like actually warm up like you're supposed to in spring training and really get on board. He's going to have a lot of games where he's going to shut the team out. You know, he's going to have a lot of games where he's going to do two-hit, three-hit ball. I really see that in him. If he settles in and just starts getting in the rhythm, like he like a lot of his starts last year, if he gets rocked early, he gets rocked. If he gets into cruise control after the third, fourth inning, he like he's unhittable. So that's what I'm looking for him to do is just settle in, figure out like right away rather than having a rocky start. He's going to be, like, midseason form is going to be huge for him. He's going to have a lot of shutout games. Look out. I think this is the biggest thing with taking pitchers in the first round, especially as high as we took Rodon, is we expect the moon and stars from them. And it's very hard to think about that, especially if the guy has had injury problems. Now, Rodon is changing as a pitcher, and this is why I say he's going to get better over time, because I think this is still a development year for him. He hasn't had a fully healthy season since his first full season of the major leagues, okay? His K rate is way down, especially last year from when he started in the league. Now, I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but this is a part of his maturation process as a pitcher, and I'm going to get to that. 
What, you need to say something? K-rate, schmay-rate. I think it's still an extremely important pitch thing, especially when you think about how the whites, especially with how hard a pitcher gets hit and what kind of hits they give up, okay? Now, scouts have been worried about his control, fair, leaving him to worry about pitch placement. So with this, he's getting a lot more contact on pitches when he was first in the league, especially with giving up fly balls. This can be worrying. However, his home run rate is down. I would need to compare Carlos Rodon to a pitcher like John Lester. By the eye test, why is Lester so much better? Well, Lester doesn't walk as many guys, okay? And I think Carlos Rodon is developing into that pitcher, but it's going to be key for him to not get lost in early counts or lose guys when he's ahead because he's actually had a tendency to do that. Um, he does. He gives up as many hits as Lester, too, and just as many home runs. Actually, less per nine home runs. However, Rodon grooves way more pitches, meaning straight down the, the pipe, right? They may be harder to hit, but the placement is very hitter-friendly, okay? He does this far too often with his fastball and his sinker, which less movement, easier to hit the pitch, especially if it's grooved, okay? So he's got to rely on a slider and change out of the zone, okay? That's my analysis on Rodon. That's why I think this 410 ERA is very fair, and he's not going to be below 350, as you think. What you told me, what I heard just now, is the man's home run rate is down. He's getting more soft contact, all right? He's getting more contact with his pitches, but they're not dingers, all right? We've got men out there. We're shifting like crazy these days. It doesn't, like, contact doesn't matter as long as it doesn't leave the park, all right? Call me a hot take on that, but I, like, I don't see the importance of K-rate except, like, you know, his stuff is so dominant that he's getting K's like outs are outs are outs and he's getting them and if he's not giving up dingers come on you're telling me you're trying to come at me and say you're worried about his season and his home run rate is down I'm about to say that his ERA is not just going to be 3-5 it's going to be 3-2 now that you're telling me his home run rate is down come on let's go we didn't put a bet on this right now we certainly could I, I, I'd bet a six pack of this a six-pack on what's your number? Go for it. All right, I'm going to go back up to 3-5 if we're betting on it. So 3-5 ERA at the end of the season, you owe me Pacifico. Three, uh, I'll take it if it's 3-4. Hold on. You can't you're – you're the one who wanted to come at me with this bet, and you're trying to talk me down? Oh, you're worried is what you're – that's what that tells me. You think that I'm right. Any pitcher can get lucky with ERA. That's the problem, okay? The problem is you have to take a pitcher's... Are you serious right now? I'm dead serious. 3-5 is my number. You owe me... You're telling me that ERA is based off uh, off of... There's no luck based in ERA. Okay. The marg margins. Margins. We're talking margins, dude. Margins. All right, fine. It's a six-pack. Fuck it. <laughs> Three, I'll meet you in the middle. 3-4-5 ERA. You drive a hard bargain. Give me, give me three, four, seven, ERA or under, and you owe me. Yeah, I'll take the over on that all day. We're shaking on it right now, Sam. You're witnessing this six pack, uh, Pacifico. I'll take the equal value beer, whatever equal value is. Okay. All right. So here we are. Final. Over under. Okay. I think we're just sticking with two. Can I take a pee break? Go for it.
going on in the background? Now we are back. So, Reynaldo Lopez, age 25, okay? Yeah, I didn't even realize he was that old. I thought he was a little bit younger. But, hey, 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 hey. Old? I mean, I mean give me a break, okay? We're prospects, right? We're young. So, the beginning of the year, he was abysmal, okay? For the most part, except for a couple starts here and there, okay? He added a slider this year because he had to. Fastball and curve were really rough, especially in weighted runs created. None. All that to say, Reynaldo Lopez needs to develop a second pitch, okay? And that's why I'm going to throw that in the over-under as well. Um, you look at the games where he, the end of the year slash games where he used all uh, all four pitches that he uses, fastball, changeup, slider, curveball, the more he diversifies those pitches, the better outings he has, at least more or less. There's games where his fastball is better than other games, his curveball is better than others. If the fastball's off, use the curve more. He needs to start realizing those things, and I think he's going to start realizing that more and more this year. Now, all that to say, if he's predicted 29 starts, that my prediction is that two-thirds of his starts are going to be quality starts this year, over or under on that, Tom. Wow, you are a lot higher on this guy than everybody else, but I'm going over. Let's go, baby. I love Ronaldo Lopez, and I know I said that Rodon's going to be slotted in at our, as our ace, but... You know, on a team like us, one and two is kind of interchangeable, and I think that's the way that Renteria is going to run it. You know, yes, he's going to, like, one's going to be the one and one's going to be the two, but they're both going to be treated as aces, all right? So I'm going over on him because what you told me is that he had an abysmal start to last season. You're coming at me with the past, all right? He improved throughout the stretch of the season. So what we're looking at is an incline, all right? And the only thing I'm seeing is a straight shot into the 2020 World Series that this this boy is going to be leading us through. Sorry, he's a man. The, the dude's a man, all right? But he's going to be leading the charge, all right? He's going to be locking in himself at like three-quarters of his starts. He's never going to let up more than four runs, more than a third of his starts in every season from here on out. Look out, boys. We got Reynaldo Lopez leading us into the future. I love that. And actually, I love your comment about the, from the boy-to-man thing because actually something I love about Reynaldo Lopez is his fastball, first off, it rises on hitters' hands like a motherfucker. It's absolutely crazy. He needs to throw it in on hitters' hands or away, especially if his fastball is going to be more consistent. It's actually up a tick. His fastball, the from the boy-to-man comment, his fastball is actually up a tick if you look at his statistics. It went up almost a mile per hour throughout the year, from the beginning of the year to the end of the year, which is amazing. Um, so as long as he's switching speeds, that's going to be crucial. Um, I think that two-thirds of quality starts is going to be crucial. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Reynaldo Lopez. If he has a great year, which I think he will, I wouldn't be surprised to see him as the number one starter because then you can go righty with him, lefty with Rodon, righty with Kopech slash... Yeah, exactly. Now, you saying that reminds me, you know, uh, Lopez's pitch speed going up. It reminds me that Rodon, look for his pitch speed to be up consistently throughout this season. So he, he rides about 95. Look for me, 96, 97 this year. Let's go. All right, so he's going to have a faster fastball. And I know we're, we're talking Lopez right now, but I'm swinging it back to Rodon because this man has got a heck of a fastball. 
Uh, this season he was at like 93.8 uh, on the fastball on average. Um, so he's down in regards to that, but I think that's him evolving as a pitcher, becoming more mature. Um, with that being said, too, I, I yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. Um, so I don't see it going up, even though he's been healthy and he's been recovering, okay? With that being said, I do want to keep it on the track of Lopez, okay? So All right. now my over-under on Lopez, it's two-part. Here we go. So Lopez last year had a K-9 below eight, and he gave up 1.2 or 1.27, something like that, home runs per nine, okay? So here's my bet. K-9 is eight. And home runs is 1.5. Now, the reason why I have the home runs up is because he gets hard. He gets hit hard. This has to deal with his fly ball and hard hit ratio, okay? He gives up a lot of fly balls, gives up a lot of hard hits, even higher than Giolito last year. So this is why I think um, home run rate is going to be close to 1.5, and K rate is going to be, I mean, he does have the stuff to strike guys out, so it's going to be at 8. So, Tom, 8 for K9. 1.5 home runs per nine. What are your over slash under? All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna come at you with a couple things here. First off, for the ten thousandth time, both on this podcast and off this podcast, I'm gonna tell you, Steve, K9 is an overrated stat. You gotta get off that. But that being said, he's gonna go. I think he's gonna be under eight K9 because you know Coop's got his system and. K9 is not on his agenda, just like it's not on my agenda. He wants outs. He doesn't care how you get him that. He said, how many times have you heard Coop say that? All right. So I think that's going to be under eight. Uh, but his home runs are going to be over, you know? And the reason I say that, reason I say that is I think he's going to be rocked a couple games, and that's going to skew the, skew the charts. The other reason I say that is look at the trend of the league. Everybody knows that people are hitting dingers more and more and more nowadays, all right? And what I'm trying to say is it's not a fault of him necessarily, inherently. You know, he is going to get rocked a couple times because that's what pitchers do. Like, you have a bad day, all right? But it's to say this is the trend of the league. This is what's going on in baseball nowadays. People aren't getting ground like line drive singles anymore people are just hitting dingers all right and that's a good thing for the game but also you know this is what's going to happen to Ronaldo Lopez under on the 8k9 over on the one and a half uh home runs I'm gonna flip it on you I totally think he's gonna have like 8.1 k's per nine this year I think he's gonna strike out a guy in a guy in inning for sure and um, let me put this in perspective for you even Giolito last year with how hard he got rocked there were games where he gave up home run after home run, right? I mean, he had a 1.40 home run per nine. So I don't think Lopez breaks that this year. Final thoughts, Tom? I'm telling you, trend of the league is different. And it's I'm not saying they're going to be like three-run, four-run dingers. Yo, why? <laughs> I just said four-run instead of grand slam. What am I, a newbie? Um, all right. But I'm just saying, like, these are going to be solo shots that he's going to give up. You know, just a fluke, you know, a, a pitch that he's grooved, whatever, you know, that's just going to leave the park. But it's, I think it's going to go up. All right. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for playing a little over and under with us. I love it. We're going into our next segment. 
Next segment. All right. So <laughs> we've got uh, one manager in Rick Renteria. You know, we've got a lot of people out there saying that he's not the man for the job. All right. But I'll, I'll, I'll put you this. I'll, 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 I hear you guys. I hear everybody in the White Sox universe saying to me that he's not the right man for the job. He's not going to be there long term. But think about this for a second. He grew a goatee. All right? That means he means business. He knows the White Sox fans. He knows Paul Konerko was in the past. He wants to win points, and it's working with me. All right, let me put it that way first, all right? But now we're going into the meat of it. All right, what does it mean to be the right man for the managing position? I think a continuity has a lot to do with it. A lot. Define continuity. Continuity means that you were the manager that these guys had once they entered the league, and you're going to be the manager that they have when they reach their peak performance. All right. So what I'm trying to say is you got guys like uh I don't know, Moncada. You've got guys like I don't know, uh Tim Anderson. Uh you got guys like Rodon. You got guys, you know, all like go on down the list of like the top players on the White Sox who know and trust Rick Renteria because they've been their manager for a long time. But I, I understand y'all are saying like, oh, well, mm -ha, he's not the best. He's not the, you know, look at his win percentage. His win percentage is below five by a lot. It's 415 or something like that. It's his win percentage like since he was a cub, you know, back in the day. Um, but, I mean, that's a bunch of hoopla because we he has been going into like, the, the way I like to put it is he's going into a, a gunfight with a spoon, not even a knife, you know? Like, he's just getting screwed all the time because he's got no talent to work with. But with the talent that he's given, he makes a lot happen. All right. Um, I'm happy that we don't have Avi Garcia on the team anymore because he was punished twice last season for not running down the baseline, not playing Rick Renteria's way. And... Um, uh, you know, I think that it's going to be a, a lot of positive improvements on this season under our skipper. And I know, I know, Steve, you're ready to jump at me about this and say, like, nah, he's not the guy. But my last thought on this is over the last two decades, three decades even, we've seen an enormous growth in Latino players in this game. All right. And he's one of three managers in the entire league that is a Latino head coach, uh, manager. That's huge. I know people are like, oh, what's the big difference? Like, if you can coach baseball, you can coach baseball. When you can speak the language, when you can communicate on a level that people understand you, uh, and you can go into in-depth on both English and Spanish and really understand each other's culture, that's huge. It's huge. Also, last thought. I know I said this was my last thought, but real last thought. Who won the World Series last year? I don't even remember. <laughs> He's too many drinks in. The Boston Red Sox. Okay. I remember. I'm kidding. Chris Sale closed out the final three outs. Come on now. How could I forget? All right. So what we're talking about is, yes, Chris Sale won the World Series, but who was his manager? Alex Cora. Who's Alex Cora? One of the three Latino coaches, managers in the major leagues, all right? Is there a correlation? Maybe not. 
But when we win the World Series in 2020, is there, there will be a correlation. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. Is there is a there is a correlation. All right. So, I'm going to tell you this right now, Tommy. Ricky Renteria is is a stopgap manager. I will tell you exactly that's what he is, okay? Now, I'm not saying he's the man he's not the man for the job right now. Why was he given the extension then? He was given the extension because it's a dumbass move. If you don't think front <laughs> office man if you don't think front office people don't make dumbass moves, that's exactly one right there. If they think that Ricky Renteria is literally the the face, the manager of this team for the future, they are sorely mistaken. He does not bring a winning attitude into the locker room. He does not bring a winning a, a culture. I, I shouldn't even say winning attitude because I think every manager wants to win. He doesn't bring a culture of winning, okay? There's, there's no experience of winning in his background whatsoever, okay? And I don't care if you say, oh, he's been given nothing. That's fine, okay? There are managers who have been given nothing and done amazing things with it. Joe Madden is a perfect example of what he did with the Tampa Bay Rays, okay? Can you name more than two players on that team right now? Go, Tom. Snell. He wasn't on that team then. Go. Archer. Wasn't on that team then. Go. Yeah, he was. He was. on. Archer was on the team for sure. He was a young kid. Okay, I'll let you stat check that right now if to see if Chris Archer was on the 2000, I believe that was 2012 Tampa Bay Rays, or was that even further back? No, that was the year that. No, it was the year they beat the White Sox, right? They always beat the White Sox. What are you no, I meant in the playoffs. 08? So 2008, right? That was the year they went to the World Series. Go. 2008 Tampa Bay Rays. If you think that Chris Archer was on that team, go right ahead because you're wrong, okay? I'll tell you right now, there's only one that I can name, and it's Evan Longoria, okay? So all that to be said, there's no culture of winning, or there, there's no background of winning that Ricky Renteria brings to the table. That is my problem with this move that the front office made. I lied about Brian McCann being the biggest mistake that the White Sox front office made this year. It's this whole Ricky Renteria nonsense that they, they brought into this, okay? I I am not a firm believer. Personally, I think in a couple years, Omar, Ovar, Omar, I can't even talk right now, Omar Vizquel is going to be more fit to lead this team to a World Series than Ricky Renteria is going to be. If you want a Latino manager right there, boom, it's going to be Omar Vizquel, right? And I'm not even going to bring other things into this right now, but there are plenty, plenty of other people that are more fit to lead the team to a World Series or in playoff baseball than Ricky Renteria are. I'll let you have your moment. Three words for you. Influential bench coach. That's all... Omar Vizquel is going to be when we become a competitive team. You know, he's going to be promoted to the big leagues. He's doing a great job down in AA. But all of that being said, he's just going to be our influential bench coach. It's not going to be the end of the world that he's not going to be the manager. You know, it's great that he's successful. But I just, you know, this is Renteria's team. He coaches a style of baseball that inherently goes straight to my heart. You know, he, he coaches a White Sox style of baseball. You know, you run the you run to first base. And that being said, I know you're shaking your head at me being like, oh, what does that even mean? It doesn't matter. Like, okay, it matters because you're setting a tone, all right? This is how you play baseball. I'm worried that when we do get all-star caliber 
free agents, it's going to be a little dicey in there. But we're going to have to see how that plays out. Okay, If you're worried about it getting dicey and you want a manager that's going to bring hustle baseball back to Chicago, and you want a Latino manager that's going to bring hustle, hard-nosed, white socks baseball back to the south side and can curb big-time free agents, I'll tell you exactly the name I'm going to say. Are you ready for it? Ozzie Guillen, baby. Ozzie Guillen. <laughs> Ozzie Guillen is more fit to lead the White Sox to a World Series. Not this year. Maybe not even next year. But at least by 2021. If they don't win a World Series by 2020, you rehire Ozzie. You bump Fiscal up to, to manager of the Chicago White Sox outside of the minor leagues. That's your move right there. Because I'll tell you what, Ricky's got to bring results in the next two years. Because this team is better. And it's going to be especially better by 2020. By the start of 2020, this team's going to be a lot better. And if Ricky Renteria doesn't bring results, then fucking plop the mic down on the table. I'm done. Period. Hire somebody else. That's all I've got to say. You cannot bring back Ozzie Guillen. Why not? Two reasons off the top of my head without even looking even deeper into this. You got the Miami fiasco that he led and namely on that ticket is you've got a horrible track record of being a Fidel Fidel Castro supporter and he put that out there in the public are you kidding me he never went to his bullpen or if he did he went too late all right what is the league going to now bullpen heavy super bullpen heavy and I'm not necessarily in favor of that but the stats say otherwise all right this guy's too old school to be in the league this these days, all right? Like, yeah, he's got this great talent for bringing the best out of players, but he's not the man for the job. If you're telling me that you're so confident in the White Sox starting rotation, and then you're telling me that he's not ready to be a manager again because of being a bullpen-heavy league, then what? what is your point in believing in the starting rotation? What is your point? We're not bullpen. We don't have five, six deep. I mean, we've, we've got a decent bullpen, or at least the hope that we're going to be a decent bullpen, but we don't have five, six deep that are going to lead us like the Milwaukee Brewers did this year. Come on now. Get smarter, Tom. Let's go. Please. Please. We're looking at five starters who only need to go six innings deep because six innings means you got seven eight nine that's all you got to get you need nine outs from your bullpen we can do that with a you know a laundry list of guys for the seventh a laundry list of guys for the seventh inning Frere, uh hamilton um let's go with uh even i i know you guys hate i know you specifically hate him juan Manaya. if you slot him into a, a seventh inning role he can handle it all right then you got eight nine with column a and Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Uh, Herrera. Herrera. Okay, I said it before you took the mic. Herrera. All right. You don't have to worry about the seven, eight, seven, eight, nine. All right. So you just need your your starting pitcher to get you through six. Seven, eight, nine is on lock for the most part. You slot in. Nate Jones wasn't even a name that I threw out there, and he's gonna be great this year because he's finally healthy. Although he's gonna look for injury in 2020 because that stinking windup that he's got is such garbo. I need him to change his windup because he's going to blow out his arm every year if he doesn't do anything about it. 
But that being said, Ozzy Guillen, come on now. You call me Hot Take Tommy and you're out here saying Ozzy Guillen's the man for the job 2021? You gotta be kidding me. More fit than Ricky. That's what I'm gonna leave it at. And I know you disagree, so shall we leave it at that? He grew a goatee. It's all about the goatee. so minute here um you know i just want to shout out there again for why we want to call it this you know minoso was a white Sox player for a long time obviously and was the first cuban to enter the league broke the color barrier for latino players huge deal happened and uh did a lot of stuff for outside the lines of baseball and so we take the minoso minute it's one minute uninterrupted for either myself or steve to just talk about what's going on outside the lines in baseball so for me I'm gonna tackle uh, something on the north side. You know, um, we've we've got a, a bit of a leakage on the email side of things. The Ricketts family is kind of screwing over the Cubs organization recently. They've really lit into Tom Tunney, the the alderman of the Wrigleyville area, and and just tore up a, a slander campaign against him, just trying to get more night games for this for the Cubs and. Tom Tunney's not letting in and letting him have it. He's not letting him tear up the neighborhood just to get them more real estate. And the Ricketts are trying to throw their weight around with all their money, trying to make sure that they can do whatever they want with the Cubs. And that's just not something that they're gonna that Tunney's gonna let them do. So what I see on this side of town is, you know, a bunch of corruption, a bunch of racists, a bunch of money, and you know, nothing to show for it. They are struggling to put together a good team. They're hiring Addison Russell again. They're not signing any premium talent in this offseason. Pakoda's got them last in the division this upcoming season. You know, I really see a turnaround uh, coming for this Cubs organization. And the best part about that is that the epicenter of the Chicago baseball universe is about to shift to the south side. And that's what I'm excited about. You know, people paying attention to good baseball on the right side of town. And not that I have a bunch of Cub hatred, but it's just it's getting old real fast how this Ricketts run Cubs organization is struggling to stay afloat. And uh, I'm ready for perspective to switch real soon let's go socks so my minoso minute for today an open letter to fake reporters dear fake news assholes nobody wants to hear your bullshit anymore from reports on how machado and harper are receiving x amount of dollars for x amount of years to this player's feeling great and is ready to go for the year only to be sidelined for three months of the year my minoso minute goes out to you going out to you for being crappy to baseball fans everywhere for false reporting uh, especially as a young podcast with very little quote-unquote clout, uh, it would be really easy for us to bullshit so much of what we say and how we report. Sports analysts, quit giving us nonsense predictions. Reporters, quit stretching facts for minor details or leads that you receive. Actually, maybe I have you guys to thank. Thank you so much for making room for the little man. Now you're giving, giving smaller outlets a room to report and give good analysis and even report with resources that they, that they have. Kudos and screw you guys at the same time. Sincerely, Square. Round the bases, baby. That was beautiful. For this special segment, we hand it over to our producer and audio expertise, Samuel Timothy Bruns. So I spent some time uh, 
compiling some names and uh, getting information because I, I, I know nothing about baseball. Not nothing, but very little. Very little. Which is why, uh, for your listening pleasure today, I have uh, created a game. We're going to be playing Fuck, Mary Trade. I'm I'm exhilarated for this. The, I've been looking forward to this now for it's been on the agenda for two plus weeks. So here you go, Tom. Thoughts? Let's bring me right back to middle school. Oh, indeed. Here you go. So, so the rules, the rules of this game. I am going to list out uh, three players for the Chicago White Sox, uh, and you are going to both of you are going to have about a minute or two to kind of talk it through and uh, come up with your personal decisions out of which of those three you are going to uh, trade. Pretty self-explanatory. You're going you're gonna to trade them away. Mary, which for the purpose of this game, I have decided means they are playing for the White Sox until they retire. You have them permanently until they retire. And fuck, you can talk about who's got the rock and bod or maybe even just like the, the personality, the personality that you're like, okay, I would take this, I would take this, this man home with me for some some baseball boning. Oh, there's a dog here. Um, so uh, are you guys are you guys ready to play? Speaking about dogs, I'm ready to be boning. How about you, Tom? I don't like that you just said that, but shout out to Temple's Toe, it's a dog bar. We got dogs hanging out down here talking baseball with us. That's my dog. Round 1. Uh, I have uh, compiled the names of Jose Abreu of Homer Sanchez and of uh, Yon Mankato. And uh, Steve's gonna hand the, uh, the earbuds back to me. And I'm gonna give you guys about two minutes here. All right, so I got Jose, I got Yomer, and I got Yo-Yo as our uh, fuck, marry, long-term contract and trade. You know what? My return on oh. Jose Abreu is gonna be higher. So I am going to trade Jose Abreu. I am going to fuck the shit out of Omar Sanchez because he seems like a fun guy. He seems like a real fun guy. Mickey Mouse ears. And uh, I am 100% signing Yo-Yo to a long-term contract marrying because that is my dog. That is my dog. I love Yo-Yo. I love Yamakata. That's my dude. Oh, do we disagree on this one? All right. So, Yomer? If you're listening, I love you. I love your Mickey Mouse ears. I love the playing that you do for us. I love the the vibe you give to the team. But, man, you got to go. I'm sorry. You're not the top caliber talent that's going to take us to the World Series. You're, you're my trade guy, all right? Bring back the Mickey Mouse ears, though. I, I think that's really cute. All right, so moving forward. This is where we really start to disagree. I, I'm, I'm effing... I'm effing with uh, Yoan Mankata here. You know, he's got the rocking bot, like we were talking about earlier. You know, he's a good-looking dude, all right? And, okay, weird face. He's, <laughs> Steve chimed in, weird face. Who cares, all right? Um, you know, he, he's, a, he's a great guy. He's got a good bat, makes a lot of hard contact. Okay, all of you out there that said he strikes out too much. Hard contact. Hard contact, baby. That man hits dingers and doubles. Hard. <laughs> anyway, that being said, that's my F piece, all right? And you know that leaves one name on the list. 
one solitary name, Jose Abreu. I'm going to marry that man. I love him. You know, I'm not surprised, Tom, considering you married a girl that's like three years older than you. So you're really into the older types like Jose Abreu. So. <laughs> I have no retort. All I got to say is that man has my heart. Cool. So round two, I have compiled for you guys Adam Engel, Tim Anderson, and Ryan Cordell. Ryan Cordell, if I remember correctly, is a decent looking dude. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Google image this right now. So, Tom, do you have your answer already? I got my answer already. I mean, it's we know, we know who we're going to marry. We both know who we're going to marry. Tim Anderson, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely, 100%. So we're marrying Tim Anderson. The man is with us till the end. Please, 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 we love him. Solid dude, too. Solid dude. I mean, off the field, outside the lines, the guy is a saint. Definitely bring him around the family. Definitely keep him in the organization. Um, here's the thing, though. Our, uh, our, our last two picks for uh, F and trade... I just, they're both they're both they're they're just not good picks. I I, I don't want to either of them. Can we trade both of them? Is that part of the game? God, I'm just I'm basing this solely off off of last season. I I I yeah, you gotta trade Adam Angle. I I'm just I can't take the bat anymore. The the little like soul patch garbage he has going on is just trash. It looks like poor man's Aaron Rowan, kind of. It's not soul patch. It's like it's be the beard, the, the the chin beard. Well put. So when he gets that chin beard going, it's not looking good. It's poor man's Aaron Rowan. His eyes are so far apart. Oh, my God. <laughs> scary looking, dude. I'm trading that, dude, so I don't have to, have to look at his face again. Ryan Cordell got a goofy smile, but at the same time, I mean, there's there's probably not going to be a lot of smiling if, if, I, if I got a fuck, so... Um, uh, that's gonna be my my coitus, and uh, my <laughs> my trade is definitely gonna be Adam Engel, just so I never have to see a bat in his hands again, and just so I don't have to see his eyes as far apart as they are ever, ever, ever again. Yeah, I I, I think after much deliberation, we've landed on the same on the same trio here. We're, we're trading Adam Engel. I mean, I think every Sox fan is about done with this experiment. Like, the dude can't hit. Get him as a defensive specialist on, like, a playoff team, and that's great, but we don't want him. Dude looks like E.T. with the eyes far apart here. <laughs> Definitely an E.T. guy. White E.T. Michael Kopech, Ronaldo Lopez, Carlos Rodon. Even though it's, that's tough, uh, but I don't, I don't find Ronaldo Lopez attractive at all. <laughs> I mean, it has. I, I just. I, I mean, I'm gonna look him up right now as well. But you know, here's the thing that just just wears me out. Oh my god, he's oh. so ugly. Stop it! He's not ugly. I love him. All right, so we agree on the order for very different reasons. All right, Carlos Lopez. Wait, what just happened? Carlos Rodon. I love you. I just said earlier on the podcast that you're going to be ace type stuff. But I'm I'm picking between you and Ronaldo Lopez and Kopech. I mean, y y I'm splitting hairs here. Come on. Sam, how'd you do this to me? <sighs> yeah, Carlos Rodon, I got to trade you. I'm sorry. You're you're not pretty in my eyes. 
and uh, you know what? There's so much more promise in Kopech, and and I just I'm obsessed with Ronaldo Lopez, <laughs> even though <laughs> his socks his socks mugshot is is not the best in the world. <laughs> it's not doing him justice. That's all I gotta say. Uh, it doesn't show his biceps. All right, uh, and my uh, my coitus is gonna be. Um, Kopech. I mean, it's been stated before. The man is a is just, he's a legend. He's a Thor. All right, he is a god. <laughs> Stop it with S <laughs> squared, Smirtle, Steve Smirt over here imitating <laughs> Carlos Rodon's attempt at <laughs> God Ronaldo Lopez attempt at a smile, and it's uh it's it's not beautiful. It's not pretty. Um, that being said. Reynaldo Lopez. I'm going to marry that guy. Get him on the White Sox long term. Get him on the White Sox till he dies. I don't care. I don't care if he's pitching when he's 60. I love the, the movement he's got on that fastball. Oh, bring him around town. I want him all day. I want Kopech on the White Sox long term. I do. And I don't want to see Reynaldo Lopez face again in my entire <laughs> life after looking at this mugshot. I'm trading Lopez because I think the value is still going to be decent. I want Kopech on the White Sox long term because he's beautiful and marriage. I mean, if I really want to go gay, I get, you know, maybe he'll and uh, <laughs> maybe he'll reciprocate. And uh, and then I'm definitely uh, still uh, I'm, I'm going to fuck Rodon because actually I think about it now. Rodon is not that bad looking of a dude. As Sam transitions to our next one, I'm going to pull a picture of Rodon, and then you can comment in a second. Uh, I do want to encourage all of our listeners, all of our uh, 50 something uh, current listeners right now to go ahead and uh, tweet at us uh, and uh, let us know what your picks are going to be uh, It's just at Sons of Hanarchy if you uh, want to go ahead and do that maybe uh, maybe we'll give you a shout out next podcast whenever that ends up happening here is the, here is the twist for our fourth and final round is that uh, this is going to be our all time socks pick so I want you guys to picture the three names that I'm going to list in their prime in their prime, you choose Mary, you get their entire career now. You, you choose fuck, you get to fuck them in their prime. <laughs> you choose trade, they never played for the Chicago White Sox. Yeah, if you guys are ready to do this, uh, we've got Frank Thomas, we've got Paul Canerco, and we've got Carlton Fisk. All right, so before we go into that, Tom, do you have anything to say about this? Carlos, you're you're actually a good-looking dude. It's not that bad of a looking dude. He's a man, he, you know, quote-unquote. From this angle, he looks like, uh, God, why can't I think of McBride's character in Eastbound and Down? He looks like uh, fucking, you're fucking out. You're fucking out. Kenny Powers. Kenny Powers. Kenny Powers. <laughs> Kenny, Powers. <laughs> Kenny Powers, you're fucking out. He kind of does look like Kenny Powers. Good call, Sam. Here's where I'm going to go. Because Carlton Fisk, all of his legendary stuff, even though he, if I'm not mistaken, in the hall, he has a White Sox cap on. When we're looking at that, there's no championship impact that Fisk brought in, in hindsight. In hindsight, we can say Fisk brought no championship impact to the organization. 83, if they would have gotten past Baltimore, they would have won a championship. But So with that being said, I'm going to trade Fisk. I'm going to trade Fisk, and I think the return could have been decent, especially for those early 90s, the 93 team. Think about the return that you may have gotten on a Fisk. Um, 
with his legendary status. So that's an easy trade for me. Um, my fuck is going to go to Frank Thomas. Because on a scale, of, here, here's a shout out to you guys, Red, Red Wine Radio. On a scale of 1 to 35, Frank Thomases. <laughs> I'm taking all 35 Frank Thomases. Um, and Paulie, because my favorite White Sox memory growing up between, uh, or at least before 2007, is, is by far that Grand Slam when I was listening to it on the radio and I had to run down to the basement. And then my parents were like, yeah, you can watch it. They forced me to go to bed during game two of the World Series because we were at a Bears game the day before. My dad and I were. And he was like, you got school the next day. You can't stay up. And I was listening to it on the radio. And Grand Slam was hit. And I just sprint downstairs to my parents. And they let me watch the rest of the game. So that's one of my favorite memories for sure. So Paulie is for sure my, my, my solid Mary. All right. I hear you. I hear you. You know, I'm going to agree with your trade. You know, Carlton Fisk, you're great. You're great. You're a White Sox, uh, you're a White Sox legend, no doubt. Hall of Famer, no doubt. Sorry, you're traded. Bye. This is where we're going to split, all right? I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to have consensual sex with Paul Canerco, all right? And I'll tell you why. The goatee. The goatee. <laughs> <laughs> the man has got I knew it. the goatee. I knew it. All right. He's beautiful. He's gorgeous. And um, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna marry Frank Thomas solely based on his biceps. Holy cow, are those enormous. And he's still making money, and that would support me. That's great. He's still making money off of his male enhancement drug commercials. That's fantastic. That's him. The male enhancement drug. Uh, what is it he's doing? Uh, I don't even know the name of it. I just know it's Frank Thomas every time. Also, his, his uh, royalties off of the Big Hurt uh, malt liquor that they sell at the stadium. Uh, you know what? I will take the, the, the money for that, too, if I marry him. So... And you know what? Come on. Hall of Famer, 500 home runs. You know, he, he's, he's amazing. I love Frank Thomas. And the final reason I'm picking Frank Thomas over Paul Canerco is, you know, Paulie, you're amazing. I love you to death. Your last home game for the White Sox. I was there, man. You went 0 for 5, and it just it just killed me. Nugenics. Nugenics is the royalties that I will be getting from Frank Thomas, the big hurt. <laughs> We're just watching the video here, man. It is a man-boosting formula. Oh, my gosh. That's why I'm going to marry the man. Look at those biceps. Look at that bald head. He's strong even today. Oh, my God, those arms are enormous. I don't know. From what I've heard about Frank Thomas, he uh, doesn't need Nugenics, as uh, <laughs> as well as the fact that if he did have Nugenics, it would probably hurt me. So I'd be asking for him to get off of that. <laughs> Point being, he's my Mary. Polly, love ya. You're my consensual sex, as I said. And uh, you know what? Fisk, amazing trade. It's funny because you married a short, tiny Asian woman too, and you chose Frank Thomas. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta, you know, get both ends of the spectrum.
after many slices of pizza, after a few beers, after a shot of the delicious Jepson's Malort, Chicago-based and soon to come back to Chicago, Jepson's Malort, uh, and some talk about White Sox baseball, Tom. Any final thoughts? Two. Two final thoughts. Malort, please sponsor us. My second thought is... This is Hot Take Tommy. And this is Drunk Shy Sox Steve. Rebuild or bust. In Han we trust, baby. Have a good night.